Fortunato had hurt me a thousand times and I had suffered quietly. But then I learned that he had laughed at my proud name, Montresor, the name of an old and honored family. I promised myself that I would make him pay for this, that I would have revenge. You must not suppose, however, that I spoke of this to anyone. I would make him pay, yes, but I would act only with the greatest care. I must not suffer as a result of taking my revenge. A wrong is not made right in that manner. And also, the wrong would not be made right unless Fortunato knew that he was paying and knew who was forcing him to pay. Lightning recap. In The Cask of Amontillado, Edgar Allan Poe gives us yet more evidence for why you shouldn't go into any dark places with Edgar Allan Poe characters. You've got a little time. We got a little podcast. <laughs> it's short story, short podcast. I am Christy Baxter here with Christopher J. Garcia. Christopher J. Garcia. And the J stands for just fantastic. So, <laughs> okay. wait, go with it. Just go with it, dude. <laughs> yes, and. <laughs> yes, and. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, you let me do the introduction, so I'm going to let you pick it up from here because I am still recovering from surgery, and so I am going to probably be sleeping through most of this episode. <laughs> but that means you'll be your most honest. True, 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 true. Yeah. Uh, you know what they say, in drugs, veritas. Uh, <laughs> speaking of veritas, um, what? Did you read this week, Veritasly? I read Veritasly, The Cask of Amontillado by Edgar Allan Poe. I think you read it too. I did actually. And uh, let me say this first off. The Wikipedia entry for this story is woefully lacking because it does not mention when Mr. Burns attempts to wall Homer up in an episode of The Simpsons. And that is important brick by brick i seal his doom uh okay so so here's here's something i'm going to tell you about wikipedia it's going to blow your mind it is actually edited and maintained by the public so you christopher just fantastic garcia can go and add that fact to the wikipedia article so i think what you're saying is I can make anything I want true. That's exactly what I'm saying. Yes. Yes. I'm glad you picked up on that. I love, I love America. Um, <laughs> this story is one of the foundation stories for a number of things. One for, it's not really the first horror story, but is one of the most impressive psychological horror stories that definitely started to flourish in the 1860s, uh, pretty much after the Civil War, there was a huge rush of these, partly made possible by the introduction of the modern American magazine. 
it's also yes i was just gonna say i think it's interesting to look at time frames and see that in the beginning so let's look at the, the last half of the 19th century in the beginning of that we were getting that rush of these you know the, these sort of horror stories and this really this, this deeper exploration of that milieu and then in the second half of it spiritualism was was winning the day and everybody it was the big new thing and everybody was all about spiritualism and I really think that there's a connection there I think that there's a chance that all of these writers who were contributing to the, the horror genre and contributing to this this genre that a lot of it explores death and some of it explores what happens to us after we die or you know how we die etc and so I think that this genre probably opened people's minds enough to be able to accept the complete farce that was spiritualism. So you heard it here first. I am blaming spiritualism on Edgar Allan Poe. Correct. And I think one of the reasons why stories like this resonated so much is the name that here you have the very first word is fortunato. Fortunato. A, a strong Italian word. Uh, then you have Montresor. These are names that readers at that time, and certainly readers of uh, the Baltimore Press and all of those magazines that were sort of coming around at that point, would have noted as being foreign and fantastic, as if this couldn't happen here it has to be somewhere far off. It has to be somewhere semi-fantastical. In this case, I believe these are both Italian names. Yeah, I think I think they can both be Italian names. Uh, although my study of Italian has been woefully brief because I thought it would be more like French, and it's really not. <laughs> Italian and Spanish are the same language, um, just with different uh, alcohols involved. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, sangria versus uh, grappa, I guess. <laughs> um, I think there's this notion to this story that it is of a different time and place where, you know, uh, the name of an old honored family uh, still mattered. And that, you know, once we got to America, that really sort of changed. Uh even the choice of Imatiato, which at that point was not as widely uh, imbibed a version of Sherry, uh, particularly in the U.S., that, that does set it apart. And I think you need that distance for a, uh, a story like this. And in, in fact, one of my favorite parts is uh, as he spoke, Fortunato took my arm and I allowed him to hurry me to the great stone palace where my family, the Montresors, had lived for centuries. It's it's all these things that are saying this is a time of before, or at the very least, not here. And I think that sort of tie-in becomes really important once you get to the to the ending, which I will have much to say when we get to the ending, because <laughs> I have a lot to, to say to Mr. Edgar Allan Poe. <laughs> Good old Eddie Poe. Yeah. And um, I... I think backing up your assertion that the names are important here is an argument could be made that Poe uses their names so frequently. I mean, I just did a quick search and Fortunato is um, 18 times in like a, what is in this version, a five page story. 
not even four and a half really and then also there's graphics on two of the pages so like we're really cutting into the actual length of this story and so i think that 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 frequent use um sort of kind of hammers at home uh or travels at home <laughs> and then you also have the fact that fortunato is used a lot more than montresor which i think which appears uh, a third as much it's only six times in the four and a quarter pages is what I'm calling it now. And so I think that something he might've been doing there was sort of uh, establishing for us and, and bolstering Montresor's obsession with names. That's true. And I also think there's some irony in it uh, that is revealed along the way, Fortunato meaning fortunate one. And the, the fortunate one ends up the one who ain't uh, that fortunate at the end. Well, or... he is a buried treasure. <laughs> Sing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and what I love is that, you know, I would have thought that Fortunato, he truly was drunk, but uh, he, we could see the bones of the dead lying in large piles along the walls. This doesn't seem like a good omen. <laughs> Even if I'm fairly in my cups i am realizing that huh we're going down to like a columbarium this is probably a place i'm not going to want to hang out and drink yeah and what what exactly is the purpose of storing it down there where the temperature is probably like hopefully more suited to storing remains not preserving them but at least storing them as opposed to the other level where all the you know wine actually is which is probably more suited to the actual storage i'm just i'm just coming up with bullshit here because i'm and i'm tired and i hurt <laughs> no actually that is highly 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 relevant and <laughs> he does a very good job of establishing mood and place not only for this story but for how horror will establish these things going forward. Uh, even things like, uh, we were now under the, the river's bed and water fell in drops upon us from above. How many times do we see that in every horror story when someone goes looking in a basement? Like, yeah, he really, uh, he said a template. A template, you're right. And it he, was, he was groundbreaking. I'm giving him the two fingers. <laughs> Finger guns. Finger guns. Yes. Um, another thing I did notice after a while was we're supposed to believe that Fortunato is a wine expert, yet apparently he doesn't know much about wine. Which makes me think for a second that I think what Montresor is doing is establishing that he is murdering someone of import that it is important to him that i'm not just killing anybody i'm killing that top somebody even if they're just the local drunk who might happen to know a couple of words of of winery that's a word right Sure, sure. It, and definitely is correctly used in that sentence that you just spoke out loud on the recording. Um, so, yeah, I, I feel like if I could keep my brain on track, 
I would actually have some useful contributions. <laughs> but I'm telling you what, my brain just flies. As soon as I say three words, as soon as I say, yeah, I think it's all gone. It's it, anything I actually thought, like my brain is like, no, uh, you're wrong. You did not in fact think. <laughs> I will take away all evidence. Oh, correct. <laughs> I had a whole thought I was going to express for the listeners. I had surgery. Um, I'm still recovering. Uh, it, I'm, my, my brain's not working as well as it could perhaps. So, so now you're at my level. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am way, I am in like the sub basement is where I am right now. <laughs> and I, I telling you what, I need to be in the clouds. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> well get some good wine it'll help yeah right exactly yeah i think okay i I've, i actually might have recaptured my thoughts i'm gonna go go ahead and out with it there is there are two possibilities here one is that sort of um hint of madness or sometimes it's more than a hint sometimes it's a big like blaring horn <laughs> in your ear <laughs> Uh, uh, from the, the viewpoint character that, that Poe gives us, that hint of madness, kind of like in a telltale heart. And although I feel it's, it's much less so here, we don't have as demonstrable a, like, you know, sort of mental imbalance going on here. So I, I think he's writing that line a little bit more successfully, if that was his intention. Because the other op- option is, you know, guys freaking psycho and just like you said just wants to kill for the sake of killing which you could argue is also insane um so yeah yeah i think part of it is also this imagined slight or perhaps actual slight if we can assume that he's just a drunk who knows a little bit about wine you know the loose lips of a wino definitely would have potentially said something that could have offended him and so it set him off but i think insanity is a key here because i really do believe anyone who goes and out and out murders someone even for an imagined slight is insane maybe not dm5 level insane but you know definitely dsm5 isn't it yeah that's correct yes Mm, true crime podcasts um, <laughs> but death a at this point would have been seen as someone you lock up in bedlam and let them rot um which brings me to the finish <laughs> so poe is usually very good about breaking up time and space in his stories and the last paragraph, I heard no answer. Fortunato, I cried. Fortunato. I heard only a soft, low sound, a half cry of fear. My heart grew sick. It must have been the cold. I hurried to force the last stone into position. And I put the old bones again in a pile against the wall. For half a century now, no human hand has touched them. May he rest in peace. The, there is no separation there. So it's either he's looking back and he was talking about the old bones that used to be in the pile against the wall of his ancestors and such. But now he's then bringing up instantly that no human hand has touched these bones since. But it's it's a sort of odd disjoining here of 
is he talking about Fortunato's bones? Is he talking about the bones of his ancestors? Is he talking about something else altogether? Has he just lost the slip of time is signaling his sort of insanity? Yeah, I think it's possible that just maybe nobody has even come down here or if they have, it hasn't been, you know, they, they would never bother with this, this old, you know, area that's all bricked up. It has bones in front of it. Like, wow, that must be pretty damn old. Not going to find any space in there for other family members, you know? And also it seems like this family member is somewhat diminished in, in, well, in status, if not in size, Mm -hmm. possibly in size too. So would there even be that many of them to go in the, you know, in the, in the burial area, in the catacombs? (laughs) Yes. And Poe loves his locking people up in tight little spaces. <laughs> Big fan he loves it as much as I hate it. <laughs> when I was a kid, I used to lock myself uh, into my uh, toy box and take naps. And uh, I liked I liked the small enclosed spaces when I was wee. Uh, that explains why now I am a larger gentleman and can't do those things. <laughs> <laughs> But this is one of the classics of English literature, and I think it shows why it's it's Poe at his poest. Yeah, he is quite uh, popeful here. I would go so far as to say he's involved in Poe ethics. <laughs> All right, I can't top that, at least not this week. <laughs> Fair enough. Excellent. Right. Hey, Christy. Yes? What should we read next week? Next week, we should read... Where did it go? Where did the tab go? Dang it. Okay, <laughs> uh, we should read A Place in the Sun by Jennifer Hay. Excellent. Jennifer Hay, Jennifer Hay, Jennifer Hay. <laughs> All right. Well, I look forward to it, and I hope you're hurting less. Me, too. Every day I'm a little bit better, but every day is also a new struggle, so it's like, well, whatever. <laughs> I'm just going to keep on laying in my recliner. <laughs> Gotta love a good recliner. Uh, Oh, I'm so excited. (laughs) It just came this week. It just came yesterday. Well, in that case, this has been Short Story. Short Podcast. And Scene.